Good morning. It is time to get up with another Hollywood thriller. The rollicking reigns ready to roll, setting up what could be the craziest showdown of the NFL season. Meanwhile, speaking of showdowns, it's Dallas, it's the Dolphins. Everything at stake for both teams will tell you exactly what will decide it. And then the voice you really want to hear finally has his say on Pittsburgh and Pickens and where the legendary coach goes from here. All that and a whole lot more. Let's do it on a football Friday. Time to get us started right now. All right, a couple of quick announcements before we begin. One, Bart brought his suit. So we're a step ahead. Second, our condolences to Dan Graziano, who had Puka Nakua on his fantasy bench. David McKinnon has to tell everybody everything. week. And wait until you see how that bit him in the backside. Here we go. Let's go game of the night last night. We got the Rams. We got the Saints. Critical game for both teams. Look who's in the house taking on all the action. The new Dodgers show. Hey, Otani there to see it. And in the first quarter, immediately RC. It's Nakua. I tell you what, Puka Nakua Nakua is not going to defer his money until 2034. Comes out right away making big plays. And fourth and goal. It's Stafford. It's Nakua. Nakua on ground. Graziano's bench. I thought Cup was open. Nine, <laughs> nine catches, 164 yards and a touchdown. Rams take a 7-0 lead. Then Derek Carr, Rashid Shaheed. He can't do anything else, but he can still throw it deep. Rashid Shaheed on a touchdown. Everybody's dug in. Now, here's an interesting moment in this game. Uh, we, we've got the, the quick Rams punt. The Saints get the ball. With about a minute left in the half, that was a fourth and five. Not great. They go for it, so they give the good field position to the Rams, and Stafford takes advantage. The Saints were also surprised at how Drew Brees' hairline has come back, <laughs> and they were not ready to make plays late in the second quarter. Threw everybody off, and then Bartholomew. How about this laser from Stafford? Hey, Stafford's come back here from Detroit. He knows how to finish getting it done. That's a, a just an absolute rocket. He's having a sneaky sensational season. Rams up 17-7 and then Derek Carr and he's picked. You know, Derek Carr has made mistakes throughout this season. He tries to force the ball into a too deep coverage. We see Jordan Fuller get back, make a huge play. And that would set up this. Would it be Nakua again? No. This time, it's going to be Kyron Williams who takes it in. Uh, he had 104 rushing yards. So no Cooper Cup on Graziano. No, drop one in the dropped. end zone. It was a rough night. <laughs> Uh, and it was a rough night for the Saints. Uh, this made it 27-7. They would get back and, and sort of make it a little interesting, but never very much so. Rams win it by a score of 30-22. to So here's a look at the NFC playoff picture heading into the weekend. Rams now have a 78% chance to make the playoffs. And a little later in this program, we will talk about how Matthew Stafford could be setting up what I think might be the most interesting postseason showdown the league has seen in a very long time. In the meantime, let us dive now into the Christmas Eve showdown, which is a monster game between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. And let's show you exactly what is at stake. First off for Miami. As we speak, they lead the Bills by two games in the AFC East. They have a matchup looming the last weekend of the season. And Miami has the toughest schedule remaining in the NFL. They've got the Cowboys, they have the Ravens, they have the Bills. Buffalo's next two opponents, meanwhile, have a combined record of 8-20. and 20. So because of this, there's a 62% chance the Bills and Dolphins play for the division week 18. So Miami needs this. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, they lead the NFC East for this moment. 
But the Eagles have the easiest remaining schedule in the entire league, a 62% chance to win out. If both teams win out, the Eagles would most likely win the NFC East based on tiebreakers. So Dallas also desperately needs this win on the road. And here's Micah Parsons talking about his team's road mentality. It's a mindset of how you approach it. I think, uh, you know, when you're at home, you're comfortable. You're, you know, you kind of do what you do. Um, but when you're in a road, you're in a new space, you're in a new area, you're in a new area, you're in just a new environment. And uh, the mindset is when the Lions, you know, Roman, does he take over the land or does he die? And last week we, got, we died, so we got to take over some land this week. That's a fascinating way to put it, and I guess it does make some sense. I right, Once and for all, I've spent all of this week, I didn't have you here Monday to help me. I'm fighting with Rex and Dan, and I had no voice of reason with me. What is this home road thing? Everyone is making such a big deal about the Cowboys on the road. I watched that game. That game could have been played on Jupiter. Yeah. And, and they would have had the ball run down their throat. It's, how much of a difference is it making? I do, I, I do not think it's where they play. I believe it's how the other team plays. It's how the opponent approaches the Dallas Cowboys. And what I mean by that is, is the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to fight back if you punch them in the mouth at your house or at their house. You can knock on their door, and if you're willing to bludgeon them at their front doorstep, you can do that. When you look at the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, the Buffalo Bills, they all attack this Dallas Cowboy defense, which loves to play sub packaging, which is add an extra defensive back by running the football. They all got their linemen headed downfield and very much like a team that has not won a championship in 30 years, who people still buy all their jerseys and allow them to be the most profitable franchise in the entire world. They're front runners. And so the Dallas Cowboys have to understand that as Michael Parsons continues to say, we have to go take land. We have to go be a Lions. Well, the thing <laughs> that the Lion does when it's time to face the other Lion from the other pack, yeah. and we're trying to figure out who's going to be with the Cubs, who's going to go let the women hunt all day so they can sleep all day and <laughs> eat the spoils, right? You got to go out and fight. And when this team has to go out and fight, they have not done it. And so now we have to see what they can do against the Miami Dolphins, but it doesn't matter where they play. Well, I'm thinking of you, Bart, as I'm watching yeah. that game, because you're always the guy who's going to be willing to stand there on the train tracks. I, I hear you say all yeah. that big, dumb, rough, yeah, tough linebacker stuff. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> you call it, it dumb? No, no, big, tough. Oh, <laughs> tough. Big, tough linebacker stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. Who's going to stand there on the train track? <laughs> Look, one man's tough is another man's whatever. Okay. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying. And, and like they didn't, they didn't that isn't their strength. I'm not suggesting right. they're soft. That's not what they do well. So if the Dolphins start doing that same thing to them, can Dallas's defense hold up? I don't think so. And it's only one adjustment I think they can make. They have to realize or, or, or ask themselves, is Marquise Bell better mm -hmm. you know, at what he's doing? Or should we bring in maybe a backup DN and mm. put M Michael Parsons back in the middle so we can't be out physical down here? Remember, Parkins comes from playing inside linebacker. That's where he started from. Mm. He's very comfortable there. You understand that you know, Dolphin running backs will bludgeon you to death. We saw it last week against the Jets. We understand that, remember, that whole San Francisco style of running mm -hmm. you know, was, was de de devised by McDonald's, McDaniels. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a McDaniels. He's a run yeah. specialist. Yeah. So that's what he did for San yeah. Francisco. So he's going to find ways 
to be able to exploit, you know, Marquise Bell, who's a lighter guy. You know, and you can't hide him. You can't hide linebackers, right? You can't hide away from physicality. So you have to consider maybe taking him off the field, bringing the extra D in, and using Lawrence as the, you know, to the strong side of the defense, knowing they're going to run open and put Michael Parsons sideline to sideline. Help me with one thing quickly here, though, because what Dan Orlovsky was explaining yesterday, and yeah. we'll get the guys in, is like the, the, they'll, they'll kill you then with those like screen passes. They'll throw them sure. out to the side to Tyreek Hill and Jalen no, Waddle no. and all of that. Like they're going to beat you with Miami can beat you with their speed too. Yes, they can. But if you're going to, but to do that, you got to try and stop them with a light box. You right. much rather have a real inside linebacker that's 240 pounds that can go sideline to sideline. Yeah. When Michael Parsons on one side, you can get away from them and take them out of the game by running away from him. You see, the best way to help the Dallas Cowboy defense is Dak Prescott. Last week, Josh Allen completed seven passes. They scored 30 points. So what they have to do is if Dallas can score and make Miami throw the ball part of the time, that allowed Dallas to do what they do best, which is rush the passer. Mm -hmm. RC's point, beyond that, it's all physics. They are so light between Marquise Bell, Damone Clark, that Miami, even with backup offensive linemen, will be able to run the ball. The other thing, as Hembo reminded me, is Two is second in the league in completions for screens and yard screens to what you're alluding to, Greeny. That's what they want to do. Those are long handoffs. The way you get Miami out of their comfort zone is you have to move the ball on offense. And if Dak Prescott, even if they have a B game, that's going to allow Dallas to do what they do best, which is rush the passer. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a couple, there's a couple of injury issues, right? Jonathan Hankins, the big D tackle, mm-hmm. missed last week's game. Doesn't look like he's going to play in this one. That's a big factor in their run defense, obviously. Tyron Smith, the left tackle, hasn't practiced yet this week. I, I would, I'd feel If I were Dallas, I'd feel more comfortable if I saw him on the practice field today. I find what Bart's saying fascinating. People forget about Micah Parsons that he was drafted as a linebacker, right? He's been, he's been such a dominant edge rusher. Do, do they risk taking him out of that position because he can absolutely play that? He can like absolutely do what you need him to do to help you uh, aug- or augment your run defense in the absence of your, your defensive tackle depth. So I'm interested to see what Dan Quinn does because it's got to be different than what it was last week. And, and then the other piece of it to, to what Mike T is saying. For the Cowboys, it would be awfully nice to play from in front instead of behind. Last week, it, it, everything got away from them so yeah, quickly right, yeah. in that game. It didn't feel like they were being dominated, but they were losing, like, I think it was 14 nothing yeah. or 10 nothing before you could even uh, open your eyes. So how do they do that? How does Dak well, play I, 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 I think, I think the did. I think the first thing was it wasn't about Dak and to why they were trailing. It was because they couldn't stop the run. It was because right. they couldn't get – off of the football field. And if you look at the Miami Dolphins, they're second in first down efficiency to the San Francisco 49ers. And Michael Parsons can't rush if you don't put him right. in positions to rush. And the Buffalo Bills never allowed them to get there. And offensively, I think sometimes you become so that dependent because yeah. he was playing extremely well. Well, you have to understand, you have to answer that physicality with physicality. The Buffalo Bills were driving people, were driving linebackers, driving deep yeah. tackles all the way to the safety yep. position. You don't think that gets an offensive line fired up, and then now on the other side, you're backpedaling, trying to protect Dak Prescott. And so Mike McCarthy is going to have to make a decision. Are we going to call plays? Are we going to scheme to make our team aggressive, to have our team in an attacking position? And if they don't, they can find themselves in the same difficulty they did last week but, against the Dolphins. Let me put the picks up on the screen. Yeah. Bart, go. 
I mean, the crazy part is, right, the Buffalo Bills play defense based off of a um, sub package as well. But because Dallas doesn't have the physical run game, they couldn't give them the same dope. Buffalo Bills they're is taking, base. They're based the same, yeah, they're, they're based the same way. Yep. But because of the lack of physicality and the brand of run game, they couldn't give the Dallas Cowboys, couldn't do the same thing to the Bills that the Bills were doing. Can to they them. do it to Miami, though? I mean, the, the, on the difference here, can the Cowboys do a little bit of that against Miami? Or do they need Dak flinging it to C.D. Lamb and whoever else? Well, it's Dak slinging to C.D. Lamb, sitting out there with Jalen Ramsey on top of him. It's not going to be trouble. a great recipe. That's why they've got to find a way to get him in the backfield, get him in the slot, get him away from Jalen really? Ramsey. That's why it's Jake Ferguson and Tony Pollard in the passing game. That's going to be the key to this mm-hmm. Cowboy offense. But you, you have to establish the a run. The more the quarterback puts the ball up, all it takes is one interception to change the game. They get behind the sticks, and that whole game plan has to go out the window. I, I would have picked Dallas if it was in Dallas. I think it's an important game for both teams. But I think all year, what's been true about Dallas, and we talk about, well, have they proven anything to you? Have they, Dallas is trying to prove stuff to itself. Yeah. Right? Like they still, you talk about having won Super Bowl yeah. in 30 years. Like they, they believe they're that good, but they have to show it. And this is another opportunity. Win a road game against a first-place team that needs the game. I think we're talking about Dallas differently next week. And more importantly, I think they feel differently about themselves next I, week. I just, I, just, I just feel like they've answered every question after a loss. And I know we're talking about it being on the road. This, this doesn't matter where they play to me. I feel like this team has stepped up when they've needed to, and I expect them to play better this as week. As long right. as me and you have been in the NFL, the narrative about the Dallas Cowboys have always been the same. They're front runners. And if you punch them in the face, they will fold. That's it's always been a narrative. And Michael Parsons has to understand that's what it's been. If he wants to do something about it, he needs to do something about it. It's not on us. It's on us. Let's see if they get punched in the face early. That's in the 425 slot Eastern time in South Florida. As we continue on this Football Friday, the truth hurts. Jalen explains himself after questioning his team's commitment. Can Philly get this thing turned around? Plus, the big problem in Pittsburgh. What is going on in that receiver room? How much of the blame, if any, belongs to the head coach? RC and the rest of us have our say. As we roll on, you're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. 
Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up on this Football Friday. Hey, RC, let's play a game of right or wrong. If I said Lamar Jackson is the league MVP if he beats the 49ers Monday, is that right or wrong? Or depends. Oh, right. Oh. It, 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 you it, put it, I don't have to make an answer. You can't force me to. That is not why I'm paid. Listen, Lamar Jackson has to go out and play well. We have to be the Lamar that we've seen carry this team both in the pass game and in the run game. You're playing against the San Francisco 49ers who are a great defense. And it's also possible that the Baltimore Ravens can execute defensively to keep them in this game. And Lamar Jackson not play at a level that gives him the edge in the MVP race. All right, fair enough. So, so right now, if you had a vote, Bartholomew, who gets your MVP vote? I understand there's three games left. Why are you giving him the side eye like that? Because he's spoken like a true stiller. He's sitting here in his um, more, more, Morticia pinstripe black <laughs> outfit on. Nothing but ice bots where his heart used to be hate on the Ravens. <laughs> of course, yes. Lamar, Lamar is Jack- the MVP. Listen, listen. Brock Purdy may be maybe the fifth most important person on his team. Lamar Jackson is doing everything. Ooh. He's playing better now than he did during his uh, you know, MVP season. He's buying time, time with his legs. Even when you pick right as a defense, he still has some a, a way to make and that as a play. He's, he's always been the person asked to do the most on his team. Like, that's not changed. That's been since Lamar Jackson was in the league. But we know that once you win an MVP, I feel like you are held to a different standard and you level are. of play. The, and it's not just about team wins. The, the answer is in the title. You take Lamar Jackson off of Baltimore, they're not in the playoffs. You take Brock Purdy out, they're still very competitive. Well, why is Brock Purdy in it at all then? If we can say that, and if we can go out and say, you take Brock Purdy off this team, it doesn't matter. Yes. Why is he even in the conversation? I'm with you. There's a performance element to yes. this. I know that Lamar Jackson is the most valuable person on the Baltimore Ravens. But the MVP award goes to the guy who played the best. And Brock Purdy has by many, and numbers, if not all the metrics, played the best numbers, of any numbers, quarterback in the league this number, year. Numbers lie, though. Numbers don't always tell the whole story, right? Not always, but can more someone often call? Than not. I just Can someone call Lewis Riddick? Because he's having a stroke right now listening to you. <laughs> Lewis is losing his mind. Lewis is right now, you can agree or disagree, as everyone knows. He is leading the okay. Brock Purdy parade okay. right better, now. Better, better and player. he is better. losing his mind at you. Better player, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. Don't close. ask Lamar me. Jackson. I'm more, talking about what Lewis more, 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 more response. They got the same record, right? So, so that's so that's equal. They're going to play each other, right? If I beat him and I outshine him, then, then I'm the better player. Him. Yes. Come talk to me next week, but he hasn't right. done it yet. If, if they, I think it is safe to say that if the Ravens win that game, Lamar Jackson will will stake a very significant Maybe. claim. He has Miami Dolphins. Right to support what Bart's saying. Here's something interesting. If you switch the two players. 
Brock Purdy could really struggle behind that Raven offensive well, line because of their injury. We saw him struggle without Debo Samuels and Trent Williams, and yeah. he, he but struggled. The thing, the thing, but guys, we have to just be honest, though. Like, the most valuable player isn't always given to the best player. Like, you look at basketball. Michael Jordan would have okay. won every year. LeBron James would have won every year. Patrick Mahomes okay. should always have an opportunity to win it, which he does. But, like, when you look at and when you look at this award, it's about the guy that executes the best that year. And right now, Brock Purdy is. But, I know if we yeah, drafted him, Brock Purdy would be way down the list of quarterbacks drafted in the league. But when you look at the way he's executing and contributing to his team, is, that's is, why he's is in he, the is conversation. He, is he, is Sorry, Lewis Riddick is calling. He wants me to hit you in the head. Don't look to it. Lewis, I won't do it. Put some baked vapor rub on your sternum, man. You cannot. You can't. Listen, I understand what you're saying. I actually agree with what you're saying. However, that said, we just had this huge debate in America about Cam Newton calling certain players game managers. That's true. You can't manage games better than Brock Purdy is I managing agree. them I agree. right now. So whether but who's whether playing at high level? do what Lamar Jackson is being asked to do or not is not really relevant. High, it's no about record. who's playing at the highest level. And what happens is what's the tiebreaker is usually the team record. So both teams have the equal amount of success. Right. Ask yourself who's more responsible for that team's success. Let's get to a guy who probably could have been the MVP a year ago. Jalen Hurts. If we were to say to continue the right or wrong game, Mike T, if I said Jalen Hurts will have more touchdowns than turnovers against the G-Men, is that right or wrong? It is. I think it's wrong. I think he's going to have more TDs than turnovers, so uh, it's I don't know why you're having such a tough time. RC says answering your own question. RC says a different on the screen. He's going to play really good. He's going to play well. We had a little discrepancy, it seems, in the way you understood the question. The ambiguity is like... He says neither. He says Read comprehension is not high right now. Let me try and get some control over the situation. After the Eagles lost their third straight game this past night, Jalen Hurts raised a lot of eyebrows when he appeared to question his team's commitment. Yesterday, he tried to clear the air on that. My mind was in a, in a place of just trying to challenge myself. When you think holistically about the things we want to accomplish and, and everything that we're trying to do, that all runs through me. That all starts with me. And so when I say we, I mean me because I, you know, I'm, I'm the point guard out there. I'm the one that makes everything go. I mean me. What? He did say we, we though. Are. We includes I, me. Yeah, we includes me. But I also think sometimes when we hear these things, we expect Jalen Hurts to be fully invested and fully committed. And even though he's saying we, because Jalen Hurts never says the wrong thing, we feel like he's saying them. And that is why he had to go and answer that question because the Jalen Hurts that was sick and flew on a separate plane, that guy seems committed. It seems that that guy cares about his football team. That's the same dude that has seemed miserable even in wins when he hasn't played well. And so he's trying to correct it. But in correcting it, we're still looking at the other people on that team to look at their investment and effort. I got to be honest with you. The sentiment I've gotten a lot of on this set this week is that the problem has not been with commitment. It's been with coaching and that they desperately miss Shane Steichen and that the Shane Steichen is a star. Just does not look yeah, look what he's doing in Indy and it doesn't look the same. Let's put the picks up on the screen. I assume that most people. Uh, 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 oh, no, you, you know, we have one rule here. We have one rule. If everyone is on one side, that means it cannot possibly happen. And thus, 
I will make sure that everyone understands that's not what's going to happen. Greeny is here to tell you the Giants are going to win because everyone else is saying the Eagles are going to win. It always works. That, it, it ain't working this time. Yeah, yeah. That ain't. Like, Tommy that DeVito's ain't going to beat the Eagles, no? Tommy DeVito ain't going to beat nobody. Yeah. Yeah. When, you look, when you look at this, this is going to be an Eagles win, and you're right about the coaching. Last year in the RPO game, they had 88 yards per game. This yeah. year, on, only 47. That starts with commitment to call the run, mm -hmm. and it starts with consistency and decision-making, and they aren't doing either. Gree, going to the uh, false start I had on the graphic, the, I think the big point on Jalen Hurts is this. Leading the league from a quarterback, 17 turnovers, but the concern is he has 12 when they have the lead. He's too smart and too talented of a player to know that when we have the lead with our pass rush, I can't turn the ball over. If they eliminate the turnovers, especially when they have the lead, they're going to be fine. Look, last year was the year where everything went right for them. This year, a few things have gone wrong, but they've got three games they should win to turn it around. They could look totally different by the time they roll into the playoffs. All right, coming up next, let's clear the decks because this is what you really want to hear this morning. Ryan Clark and the rest of us, but RC in particular, will have his thoughts on what's going on with Pittsburgh, what's going on with Pickens, what's going on with the coach. There's a lot to be said, and we're going to say it all next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. We showed you the Rams and another big offensive performance from Matthew Stafford. Here's a little eye candy. Hey, RC, how about this throw to Puka Nakua? Puka. This throw is a dot, but look oh, at Puka man. Nakua catching the football from Dan Graziano's bench. He threw <laughs> man -to -man the entire day, no quarterback. He's throwing the ball like Matthew he Stafford. He threw it to other guys. Like, we can show some of that, too. No, he can't. And his right <laughs> legs is still attached somehow. Yeah. The fantasy points pop up him like, Sonic coins. <laughs> Again, for those of you who are just joining us, Dan Graziano had Puka Nakua on his bench had, last night. I had Cup in the lineup. It's not like I ignored them. I just picked the wrong guy. Yes, Nakua had nine catches. That should be rookie of the year. That should be offensive rookie of the year. Welcome right to being the Bears. Anyway, Stafford has been sensational. I, you know, I don't know that nearly enough is being said about the season that Matthew Stafford is having, okay. except for by Orlovsky. He threw for over 300 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns last night. It's his fifth straight game with multiple passing touchdowns. That's his longest streak since joining the Rams. His QBR is 83 over the last five games. That's the best in the NFL. A little later in this hour, we're going to talk about how the Rams might make things very interesting into the postseason. But first, we go to Pittsburgh. You want to talk about interesting. <clears throat> Mike Tomlin Steelers certainly don't look like what we expect the Steelers to look like. This play in particular has drawn a lot of attention. That's George Pickens clearly not showing effort, not making a block on a run by Jalen Warren in a loss on Saturday against Indianapolis. In case you've not heard it, this was Pickens explaining his side of that play. I was just trying to uh, prevent the Tank Dell situation, the same thing that happened to Tank Dell. I didn't want to get an injury. Uh, you know, when you stay on the block too long, you can get ran up on. 
very easy. So the people that's questioning my effort, down, 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 play football. They do what y'all do. They don't play football, huh, RC? Yeah. I don't play football. <laughs> mm, um, play I got football. an opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, what about the concussion that he almost got his running back by he's sitting there not blocking? Like, I mean, because I didn't play football, I can't look at that and say he didn't give enough effort. <laughs> like, seriously, like, is that? You're not qualified. But, but let's not, let, let's not <laughs> he's focus. just standing there. Fair enough. But, but I think that too much attention has been given to the who did and who didn't play football so they can or can't comment on it piece. And not enough to the... You're not throwing a block because you're afraid of getting hurt on a play where your that's teammate called, might that's score. That's called lying. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that's called. When you heard that, what, what, what is your reaction? That it's that building. Because, like, let's think back to George Pickens' early preseason last year and the amount of viral moments of him blocking extra, of him running through DBs, of mm-hmm. DBs being in press coverage and there's a run play and George Pickens is steamrolling them, mm-hmm. right? Now, let's just fast forward a little over a year and a half later and George Pickens is that. Let's think about the Antonio Browns. Let's think about the Chase Claypools. Let's think about the Deontay Johnsons. Let's now get to the George Pickens. Let's talk about the cancer that is just in that particular room. And now when you talk about the cancer that is in that particular room, you got to go to the top. Mike Tomlin is all for allowing you to be authentic. Mike Tomlin is all for... Taking the, having the patience to raise players, not just tolerate them. And understanding that you can get players on your team that have a little something different about them that other teams may stray away from, and he feels like he could connect in a way to get the best out of them. That is not what's happened in that room. And part of that room being cancerous now filters into the entire team because now if I'm T.J. Watt, who plays hard every single down, I have an issue. Now if I'm Cam Hayward, who has played hard every single down for over a decade, who has practiced and fought and I've watched him care, I have a problem. If I'm Minka Fitzpatrick and all I've ever done in my life is win and be a professional, and this is even when I was in college at Alabama, I have an issue. Now that issue goes again to Coach Tomlin. And I'm going to say this for the first time and I've never said it again. And I've never said it before. Coach Tomlin needs to be in a new place. Coach Tomlin doesn't need to retire from coaching because he's one of the greatest coaches in football today. He doesn't need to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. The same way Andy Reid eventually had to move on from Philadelphia. It didn't mean that Andy Reid couldn't coach anymore. It meant that he shouldn't be coaching there. And Coach Tomlin should now move on from Pittsburgh. And everybody should line up to hire him because the freaking man knows how to do it, but he shouldn't do it there anymore. So so let's dive into that because I think it is significant to hear that from you. And and for those in our audience who are not aware, you and Mike Tomlin remain very close. You played for for years. He's someone that you care about deeply. I know that. So you're not saying that lightly. This is not a fan saying get rid of the coach. No. How much of this is about him not getting it right and how much of it is about just a fit that at some point no some it of runs it, its course some of it some of it is him not getting it right because the thing that's ha- that has to happen in order to remain a coach as long as he is and remain successful is you have to adjust and I believe that he has tried to adjust. I believe a part of his adjustment was always, though, I'm going to allow you to be you. I'm going to give you that space and in giving you that space, you'll in that in return return effort. In return, you'll return professionalism. In return, you will care about me and what we do with this team the same way I've cared about you to not jettison you, to not judge you, to not criticize you, and allow you to be the human that you are. 
he's not getting that from these guys. The first thing he did when he got to Pittsburgh in 07 was he changed the way we practiced and he grinded us and he killed us and it was all about work and it was all about physicality. And by the end of the season that year, that's when we lose to Jacksonville in the last game and then Freddie T and MJD come up and run us in the dirt the next game because we didn't have anything else, right? And then he realized these dudes will play. I ain't got to kill them. Mm-hmm. And by letting us play and letting us be, be who we were, we go on this stretch of years that we're very good. And I think he got settled into that. If I let these dudes be who they are, if I let these dudes just play, if I put them in the best position to get to Sunday and treat them a certain way, they're going to reward me. These dudes ain't rewarding him. These dudes are taking advantage of him. Mm-hmm. These dudes know that Coach T is going to love me. Coach T is going to back me. Coach T is going to support me. Coach T is going to let me be whoever in the hell I need to be for me because he feels like that's the best I can be. And when I don't block, I can come out and say, well, I don't want to get hurt like Tank Dell. No, George, you weren't this dude when they drafted you. Right? You said and you were okay with giving effort because Coach Tomlin said he was willing to raise you. Don't do what Deontay does. Don't do what you've seen these other folks do. Be you. Be the you they drafted you to be. And part of that is if my quarterback sucks, if my coordinator sucks, I got to do something else to help the team win. That's what the standard's always been. The standard of excellence that Coach Tomlin is talking about no longer exists, at least in that room. And when it doesn't exist in that room and you don't have the players that can play you out of it, that's when you lose football games. And so many people in Pittsburgh have been waiting on this moment so they can at least say, well, now he doesn't have all winning seasons either. So let's talk about what's happened in the playoffs. Be careful. And so now I think it's time for him to move on. And everybody in Pittsburgh will learn very soon. That's the thing. That it's that you should have cherished this man and you should have respected this man because it ain't going to get better. So the everyone you're talking about, to be clear, and I don't mean to just turn this into a... It's fans. I understand. It isn't the Rooney family. No. The Rooney... But here's my point. They've had three coaches since 1969. Mm -hmm. They don't make these kinds of changes. So what does it look like? Does it look, in your view, like... Like Tomlin himself going It's a conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation. Mike Tomlin, the Rooney family, they've both earned the right to have a conversation. They've both earned the right to come together and say, can this work? And if Mike Tomlin feels like, yes, it can work, yes, I can change it, I believe he's earned the right to try again. But I do believe that both of them understand football so well. Both of them understand relationships so well that you can come to an agreement that, you know what, this may no longer be for us. There were mistakes made in drafting, Mm. and they started to draft for need instead of drafting the best player because I feel like they were trying to capitalize on what Ben Roethlisberger had left, and they missed. Yeah, famous mistake. You know what's interesting, what R.C. said? Coach Parcells always talked about you could be in a place too long, like 10 years, Mm -hmm. and just a handful of names, Mike Holmgren, Tony Dungy, Coach Parcells, Mike Shanahan, amongst many others, Andy Reid, obviously more recently, they were in a place too long. And to R.C.'s point, it's really interesting. First of all, if Mike Tomlin was a coaching free agent, like there would be a line around the corner Mm -hmm. to hire him in 10 seconds, and that could really change the dynamics of the offseason. But maybe that's the conversation that the Rooney say, hey, this may be best for both sides. If Mike Tomlin became a coaching free agent, I will read name my children, Mike and Tomlin, <laughs> to hire them, okay? Yeah. I, I, Nikki, I'm sorry, you're going to have to be Tomlin. <laughs> my son can become Mike Jr., and, and, and then Nikki can become, what, what do you think here? This I mean, it's an inflection point mm-hmm. for a franchise that very seldom has them. 
I mean, in, in the production meeting, I brought up Andy Reid as well. Oh, okay. I think we all understand how it. similar it is. When yeah. you, when you, <laughs> no, 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 with Himbo. With just so yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I brought that up because it, it was the fact that it, it, sometimes it runs its course. Sometimes the players have heard every story that you've said, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. Ma- manipulating trick that you use, yep. you know, starting practice over. They've seen that. So the message doesn't, doesn't really come. And, and the problem is the, the Steelers have a young nucleus. Right, so a lot of people on the offensive side of the ball that remember the stiller way isn't there to mm-hmm. hold guys accountable to the standard. On defense, they know what the standard is, and they have people that have passed that baton mm-hmm. and understand what it's like and, and what being a part of that unit, how special that is for the Stillers. But on the offensive side, they don't have anybody. So attitude reflect leadership. Who's the leaders on the offensive side of the ball yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers? So, so, quarterback can't play. Right. The running back was overdrafted, right? You don't have guys that play <coughs> at a high level that other people on other teams respect. So when those people speak, so you just fall in line. That's why a guy like Deontay Johnson can become the guy that guys follow because they find yeah. alpha males and they start doing what they do instead of, you know, you can influence people negatively or positively. And when your best player, one of your best players and your biggest voice is Deontay Johnson, you see him rubbing the, the off other, on the pickings. Other, the other thing is this, too. Like, remember how Aaron Rodgers was sort of cast in Green Bay? Yeah. And everybody felt all of these things about him, maybe not a good leader. And then he immediately goes to New York, and there's this level of respect for what he's accomplished. He's the never same died. thing with Tom Brady. If Mike Tomlin leaves and walks into another building, those people in that building, that message won't be still. Right. All they'll know oh. is this is a guy who's a future Hall of Fame coach yeah. who has now walked into this building, and I think that changes and invigorates him and also the We're going to come back to this. I'm running a little short on time now. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. You're, <laughs> I, 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 I want to hear just, Dan, the likelihood this happens. And from the people you talk, because you said to me this morning, yeah. you know, I hear a lot of people in the in the zeitgeist talking about Tomlin leaving. I don't hear anyone inside the business yeah. talking about it. I don't. And I th- I just think it's because we, we've assumed for so long that he's safe. And I think RC's correct. If it, if it happens, it's going to be because the organization made a, a, a weighty decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to be, oh, you know, first losing season, we haven't no. won a play. Like it's, it's about leading your team. And, and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you don't have three coaches in 60 years because you got lucky. You got three coaches <laughs> in 60 years because you know what you're looking for. Yeah. And you know when you have it. So if Mike Tomlin goes, it's because of what we're saying here. It, it's like, it's time. It's, it's yeah. the Andy Reid comparison is perfect. But they would also have to have some idea of what's coming next. But if, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily It's obvious. not an exaggeration. They've had three coaches in 54 seasons. You, All right, this is fascinating. We're going to come back to it, RC. That was extraordinary. Let me take a quick break. I'll remind you, we got bowling uh, tonight. More action. Ooh. Dynamic dual threat quarterback Haynes King and Georgia Tech taking on UCF. Coverage from Tampa, 6.30 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. We'll get to Kansas City coming up next. Do they have a full-blown wide receiving crisis of an entirely different sort? Will it cost them the Super Bowl? That and more on a Football Friday. Get up on ESPN. We are back on Get Up. Mike T, the next game is called What's Your Number? How many touchdown passes will Brock Purdy throw Monday night against Baltimore? I could definitively say two, Greeny. Yeah. And, uh, look, they are unstoppable. Whether or not he's the MVP, story for the day. But Christian McCaffrey, I think this is going to be a big game against those uh, Raven linebackers. So, 
I say two. Okay, so we'll see. Again, that's a a critical matchup. Hey, Bart, how about those Raven linebackers? How many yards is Dak going to throw for against the Dolphins on Sunday afternoon? I think under 250, man, because listen, you talk about the the recipe is out there. They're going to play keep away from this offense, and they're going to bludgeon to death, which means limited possessions. You know, I think Dak Prescott is going to be hard served. He's going to try and air it out, but it just won't be enough possessions for them to really for him to put up those gaudy numbers. And if they're smart, they're going to try and establish a run and keep that explosive Miami offense on the bench. And then let's talk about one more offense that we're accustomed to being explosive. Graziano, how many drops will the Chiefs wide receivers have on Sunday? You guys put me in the worst position. <laughs> I got to be the negative. All that hate went, coming to you. I went with two. It just seems right. Like, I, I feel like that's what we can expect at this point. I feel like that's actually probably a pretty good number. Why it, do they have to drop the ball at all, Gross? But that's the question. I think I just answered the question. Like, I didn't write the question. Are you watching the they highlights? They said, like, how many touchdowns will the Chiefs receivers score this week? And I would have been happy to answer that question. You know what it is? I can only it's, answer the question it's I get. It's Fink. It's Fink. It is. It's all, it's all <laughs> Fink. Coordinating <laughs> producer John Fink. Fink we have told a new me to bench who called Stick That in Your Pipe Fink. <laughs> Fink loves the negative questions. How many to, will he have more turnovers yeah, than right. touchdowns? He's the one who skews everything negative. Let's put the picks up on the screen, by the way. Chiefs, Raiders, Come on. everybody likes Kansas City, which means the Raiders are going to win. Let me ask you this question. Is that Achilles heel that the, the Chiefs have of their receivers, is that going to keep them from getting back to the Super Bowl this year? Yes. Yes, now, do, do I believe that Patrick Mahomes is good enough or great enough to lift this team up in the most important and critical moments? Absolutely. But it's not just about the fact that they're dropping the football. It's the fact that this team doesn't execute well in route combination. It's about the fact that there's no option outside of Rasheed Rice for yards after the catch, that Justin Watson is your number one big play receiver. And I said this early on in the season. Travis Kelsey ain't right. And whether it's right by age, right by the injury early on in the season, he isn't the dude that used to scare the defense. He is still the best pass-catching tight end in football, but there's not that explosivity to his game. When you watch Sam Laporta, you're scared as hell, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, oh, he he can take the top off the defense at some point. When George Kittle gets the football in his hands, you're like, golly, now we got to go tackle him. Travis Kelsey is still good. He still works zones and gets open, but he's not that guy. He's like, that's, that's what's going to hurt this He's team. Tony Gonzalez in Atlanta. Well, yeah. l- let, me, let me let my team make his point, Bart. I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of this. Go. Yeah, Greedy, it's their offensive tackles. Jawan Taylor so leads bad. the league in false starts with eight and holding calls with six. And Rex Ryan, who sits here every Monday, is going to sit there and say, we're going to attack this right tackle. So it's not, the receiver is not ideal. You can't fix this in the season, Greeny. You could slide protections, but when you're getting poor tackle play like this, Ryan Clark, Bart Scott, they're watching that all week. That's what they're going to be attacking. Talk to me, Bart. I think Andy Reid has been around long enough, and he's shown us that he can win in different ways. I think they can make a transformation before the playoffs by running the football and making that a play action off. Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Pacheco, well, physicality in between the tackles. You know, a lot. yeah, those tackles can't pass block, but they can run block. They can be physical at the point of attack. Pacheco's back this week, which helps, right? And, and Jarek McKinnon this time last year was kind of coming on as like a right. red zone, uh, a red zone yeah. weapon, right? So they could go back to that. Look, the Chiefs – they still have Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. Like, if, if there's Great a team defense. in the league that can get to January and go, okay, guys, whatever else has happened so far, Great we game. need to lock in for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the team you're not betting against. And their coaches have shown, I've said this over and over again, yeah. they've shown the ability to get these young players playing better at the key time yeah. of year. They did it on defense last year. I recognize they're running out of time. I recognize the, t- the – Run the clock out. Run the clock out. Run the clock out. Don't bet against 
Reed, and Mahomes. It's also the best defense he's had, uh, Mahomes, since he's been there, so we'll see. But I want to sneak in at the end of this hour some overreactions because this is the time of year where coaching stuff starts to happen here. So so let me ask you this. Dan Graziano, if someone were to say Robert Sala in New York is coaching for his job, is that an overreaction? It's not an overreaction. I think he probably is okay at the end of this, but there are three games left. That is a representative sample of games. It is not nothing. How the Jets look, how they play matters over these last three games in terms of making a judgment about the coach. The two men to my left know this organization really well. Bart, is Salah safe? Yes, I'm over there every every once a week. Because uh, of Rodgers? Because of Rodgers committing to two years. They're going to see this project out. They didn't see what happens. Unless Mike Tomlin says he Bart. wants to coach the Jets, he's safe. Mike he can't, T. He can't commit for two years. That's 34 games. That's a lifetime in the NFL. It's one year at a time. Agree. I agree with Graz. Like losing okay. thirty to nothing to your division rival, that matters. All right. Let me go to another one here. Overreactions. If someone says Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields, neither one of them are coming back next year in Chicago, is that an overreaction? No, it's not an overreaction. I don't think it's a hundred percent certain. The Bears have played hard and played well the last few weeks, looking like a team and a defense that's trying to save its coach's job. I don't know if it'll be enough in the end, and we've talked over and over again about Fields and the economics of the rookie quarterback, so I think at least one of these guys is not there next year. Let's talk about Fields, RC. Has he played well enough to convince you they should stick with him? No, because I know what they're thinking, and I know what they're looking at, and I understand the economics of it, but what he's done is he's shown enough flashes that a team outside of the Chicago Bears is going to want to build with him on on, on something that's more like a Daniel Jones deal or give him an opportunity to prove to you in year four, which would be next year, that he can be the guy going forward. Let me get one more in here, Graziano. If someone said every team in the NFC South (laughs) will have a new coach next year, is that an overreaction? (laughs) It's not an overreaction. Again, not likely. And, and, And the Buccaneers GM, Jason Light, has been texting during the show. So, Jason, I'm sorry. I don't mean to suggest you're firing your coach. But look, at the, at the fact of the matter is, three games left. We don't know who's going to win that division. Any of these guys lose their last three games, I think they could be vulnerable just based on the circumstances and the way things work with ownership. I, I think I, I think the NFC South is, is an underachieving Why you put division. Jason Light business in the street I'm like that? I'm just saying. I, don't, I want him to know. Right. He's, cause he's you could have texted him that back, right? Yeah. Happy holidays and tell Mike T he looks very festive. <laughs> I don't want him to be upset with me. I know it's not likely, but I'm saying things aren't impossible. Three we, games we, is still a lot we, of games. We should, we should vote the South out of the playoffs like the college. Uh, you know, college. <laughs> Florida State? Yeah, yeah we fuck about like Florida State, man. We, we can do it out the South. Well, we'll see. Look, Tampa got in last year with a sub-500 record. Let's see if they're able to do it again. All right, we've got basketball coming your way tonight on ESPN. It is a West Coast primetime matchup as Steph and the Warriors host the Wizards. Coverage starts tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern. Coming up, Matthew Stafford and the rolling Rams. How dangerous are they? Could they be setting up one of the most interesting playoff matchups in years? And then we got Dak after a dud in Buffalo. Is he ready for the Dolphins? We'll talk about that and more on a Football Friday. Get up on ESPN.